by the power of Castle Hate Skull, I am Elamar Carly. And today, ooh, we're gonna start off hot. We're gonna start off smoking, piping hot with a phone call that I had yesterday with a stranger who hit me up and said, hey, can I have some advice? And I said, you know, rather than endlessly going back and forth with you, like I am want to do with some people, but now realizing that it's very time consuming to do that, I say, hey, get on the phone with me. Let's schedule a time. Usually when I'm driving to or from work, I have some free time that I can say, you know what, this is just free time I'd use uh, listening to something in the car. So at the expense of educating myself, no, it's fine, it's fine, no, I'll talk to you. Because obviously bettering myself, that can take second fiddle to your needs as an audience member who I've never met before. I'm just kidding. I enjoy doing stuff like this, and again, it's no skin off my back. Uh, if I can do it in certain times of the day that I can rationalize as times of the day that I would have been using for entertainment, right? And again, it's uh, this person seems nice. They seem grateful. They seem like a fan. They seem like they are uh, doing some of the research themselves. They're not complete beginners where it's like, you know, hey, Google is your friend, right? So I end up talking to this guy. Uh, I believe his name is Scott. Uh, seemed like a really nice guy on the phone. He was very courteous. That's another thing. When people are like, tell me your schedule and I will work around that. And very, you know, sort of conscientious of like, I know I'm taking your time and I'm not asking for anything in return. He actually did pay me at the end of this, which is very nice. But I do not ask for that. You know, if I'm not, whatever, saying that up front, I'm not going to be like, and that's a hundred bucks. But we got to talking. And the main thing that we talked about, because first I have to decipher What's your experience level? What can you really do? What do you have access to? Then it's about deciding your split, right? And I helped him walk through deciding his own split in a way that I think it occurs to me that not a lot of beginners are aware that you can essentially make up anything you want. Now, some would be better, some would be worse. Uh, some are tried and true, like the push-pull leg system. Uh, you know, upper body, lower body. I think a lot of beginners could probably benefit from doing a very simple full body workout a few times a week, just hitting a few basic movements to get those repetitions in with, you know, the overhead press, the bench press, the squat, the deadlift, these very simple exercises that you could benefit from practice because you haven't mastered. If you're a beginner, you have not mastered the squat. You have not mastered the bench. You have not mastered the dead. I'm still mastering these things. And obviously I'm super advanced. No, it is true. And I'll make tweaks. I'm tweaking my bench right now, starting over, feeling very weak. So this guy, I could tell you had a little bit of experience and you kind of, you know, you go, how many times a week can you work out? Five days a week, six days a week, every day, whatever you want. You know, if it's not a push-pull legs, if it's not a bro split where you're doing one body part a day, you can make a sort of hybrid. And what we arrived at was essentially doing... Uh, a single body part every day, so something to the effect of chest, back, and shoulders on separate days, but then two days out of the week, he would do arms twice, right? Like, sorry, arms twice in a week, but that would be additional days. So however you want to make that up, like, you know, chest, arms, back, arms, shoulders, and then throughout the week, another thing we decided, this is another unconventional layer to what we're doing, is that he would do legs, a little bit of legs every single day. And that's something that I'm a big advocate of because people who think that the only way to work your legs 
is an all-out hardcore leg day in which you do multiple exercises, you know, a barbell, compound lift, a leg press, a lunge, a donkey kick, a hamstring curl, a Romanian deadlift, all these different things. I just think that's a sort of outdated model. It's a great bodybuilding model. If you're accustomed to high volume, if you're a masochist, if you think that's the best thing for you, if you really enjoy doing a full leg day where you hit every single part of your legs, that's great. But for a lot of people, it's very intimidating. It's very exhausting. If you have a normal job or have to function during the day, when you want to do a leg day, for example, during the week, in the morning, well, that's going to exhaust you for the rest of the day and maybe put a damper on the other things that you have to do, right? You're going to feel exhausted, maybe even a little bit nauseous. I've had many leg days where I end up feeling nauseous. I imagine that Casey, working out uh, in CrossFit gyms, have you ever been nauseous? I have, yeah. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's one uh, workout in particular that's kind of a benchmark workout called Fran. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's like 21, 15, 9. Yeah. of thrusters with 95 pounds and pull-ups and what was the number at the beginning again so you do 21 15 and yeah. then nine yeah. like but no break you're supposed to do it as fast as you can and like yeah. it's a it's of it, uh, what are the exercises thrusters just just yeah thrusters at 95 pounds uh-huh. and pull-ups and uh-huh. so it's designed to be completely unbroken you do it as fast yeah. as you can and like the time domain should be under five minutes. Like yeah. my fastest friend time was like 240. Yeah. My brother did it in like 208. Someone one time went sub two minutes. It's wow. like, but that one, like I say after that, if I go all out on that workout, like it feels like my teeth are itchy. <laughs> like you just, and it takes like- <laughs> Got the itchy teeth, boy. Yeah, it'll take you like 30 minutes to recover from like right. a, a sub three minute all out effort. Yeah, And that's that's another amazing little side note is, what you can do, you want to go all out for three to five minutes, you know, or even if it takes you six or whatever, somewhere in that range is potentially going to make you nauseous off of two exercises. But what I hear when I hear thrusters plus pull-ups is full body, yeah, right? Because you're getting, um, you know, a leg movement, you're getting a push movement, you're getting a pull movement. So it's covering essentially your whole body in a compound, uh, in, you know, with compound movements. And that tends to be highly exhausting. But... Um, you know, I think everybody should experience that, but you're not trying to do that every time you work out, right? <laughs> no, I don't do that anymore. I would get yeah. like anxiety before doing that type of thing. Right. Because it's like, this is about to hurt. I'm trying to beat the fucking stunads to my left and to my right. Like, yeah. it was a, you know, a competitive kind of thing, you know, just for fun. But like, right. you know, once you're like, hey, I'm going to try and beat you, then it's like, all right, now I'm now I'm nervous. Once your entire identity is based around CrossFit. <laughs> <you know? laughs> no, but I feel that like, because some lifting days are fun and some aren't, yeah. right? Some like, and leg day can cause anxiety with a lot of people. So I reframe it. And only if, you know, it's like, okay, well, it's one thing if leg day sucks, but you're doing it. A lot of people go, leg day sucks. I don't want to do it. Or I'm doing it, you know a tenth as much as the other days because whatever. I was, was always training for football, so it felt like it was imperative for me to do leg days. It felt like there was a consequence to not doing them that wasn't just physique-oriented. So this guy was talking about how he gets nervous or doesn't like doing leg days, so I said, let's try two sets a day of something, right? So if you're lifting five days a week, as I outlined, that would be, you know, one day you're doing squat, one day you're doing remaining deadlift, one day you're doing lunge, one day you're doing... Uh, uh, hamstring curls, and another day you're doing leg uh, extensions. And if that isn't five days, then I don't know what to tell you. And maybe swap out like lunges for leg press or something like that. But I go, you can do, I said one to three, but let's say you do two. That's still valuable, right? Even doing two hard sets five days a week, 
That's 10 hard sets done throughout the week for your legs total. Not bad, right? That's going to at least keep you progressing into something that even if you're doing bench press or something, you get to the end of the workout, you're like, oh, I forgot to do my leg extensions. All right, you can throw this in there. So that was a wrinkle that I threw in there where you're kind of modifying like this, you know, full body five days a week. That's the approach you take of spreading this volume out through the entire week. You take the, the leg portion of that idea, spread your leg volume out to two sets every day. Uh, you do a a semi-bro split, and then you do arms twice a week. The reason for that is because he said, uh, you know, that was a lagging body part. So there's an idea that I think not a lot of people know about who are beginning that it's like, yeah, you can lift, you know, four, five, six times a week on the same muscle, potentially depending on the volume and intensity, right? If you're in prison doing push-ups every day, um, for for those prison inmates out there, know what I'm talking about. If you're doing push-ups every single day, it's not like you're going to degrade your muscle, right? It's just volume and intensity. If you're so sore you can't do a single push-up, well, probably don't do it then. Um, you know, and it's all that's available to you. But, uh, you know, heavy deadlifting every day, probably not. So there's also an element of stimulus and fatigue. If it's too fatiguing and too damaging and there's too much stress on your joints for that thing, then don't do it every day. But just, just tar targeting the muscle group with, you know, slightly different... Uh, movements every day, that's fine. And something, a complex system of individual muscles like the legs or the back, um, you can get away with doing higher frequency if the angles are changed every time or the movement, you know, it's like, you know, your leg extensions and hamstring curls have nothing in common. So it's totally fine to do them back to back. And uh, if you have a lagging body part, right, rather than trying to do everything every single day, and you can, I've done up to, you know, three, four, five times a week of the same muscle, but specifically, if you have a lagging body part, try to do it more, right? You can be doing everything else once a week, and if you say, I wanna bring up my chest, do it three times a week, right? And have that be the only thing until it catches up or you're happy with it and move on to something else, right? Shoulders or whatever, one or two body parts you can increase the frequency on. But that requires some creativity, and people are always uncomfortable with that, going, well, it's not a push-pull legs, it's not this bro split that I got from Arnold Schwarzenegger, which, by the way, I recently read what his split was back in the day. It's kind of terrible. I really, you know, the, Arnold gets away with genetics and just, uh, you know, an insane amount of volume and intensity, right? So it's almost like you're going to do great no matter what you do, but it's not the most efficient way. Doing chest and back on the same day with supersets and all the volume he did, it just doesn't turn out to be. And even the rep schemes, I was reading through, I saw a video where somebody was, uh, you know, sort of detailing the rep schemes. They're honestly atrocious, and we just we've moved beyond that. So don't go picking up like an Arnold book and thinking that's the be all end all. You can figure it out for yourself if you kind of just get in touch with what your principles are. What do you want to do, right? And take some of this, some of that, some of that, and make your own thing. And similarly, with diet, right? I'll always reiterate this, but you're going to have to. Think about that creatively as well at some point, you know. It's good to try different things like keto, like carnivore, like whatever, a moderate carbohydrate, high-protein diet. You can look something up online. You can figure out your macros. You can get these estimates. But ultimately, you're putting things in place. And for this guy, um, you know, he was telling me specifically that he wanted to, and, and most guys, right, this is a conversation I've had where because I've become a, a lightning rod, if you will. Brian Callan, almost every episode of TFAK will go, 
you know, if I wanted to gain muscle, <laughs> if I wanted to get jacked, but I don't think guys look at me and go, I want to be as big as you. And even if they did, they certainly want to, wouldn't want to like consume the calories or put in the time or whatever. Most guys really comes down to, I want to put on a few pounds of muscle and strip a few pounds of fat. And that's very doable, but you're going to sort of have to take this uh, body recomposition approach, which for those of you who have not listened to me before, the basic template is 50% of your protein, 50% uh, of your calories from protein, then split the rest between carbs and fats. So you can start out at 25, 25, um, and adjust from there. You know, some people do well with more carbs, some people do well with more fat. And a basic principle also is to try to limit you know, carbs and fats together or doing really, you know, like having a meal that's just carbs and fat because when the insulin spikes from the carbohydrates, um, you know, more fat is going to be transported and stored in, uh, you know, or sorry, more, more, you know, fat is going to be stored as energy rather. So apply those basic principles if you're somebody who wants to lose weight but still gain muscle at the same time. The deficit's got to be there. It's got to be slight right? So only a few hundred calories. Um, and then you go, let me figure out what I like to eat. As I'm always doing with these hellish Chef Harley things, it's about figuring out what works for you. What can I buy from Costco? What can I repeat day in and day out for at least a month, for at least a few weeks, for at least, you know, a few months maybe. Then when you get sick of it, you swap it out. Speaking of fantastic colored shirts that I'm wearing, and Casey, you laugh, but you're the person who brought it up to me. You said, wow, that shirt looks really good on you, specifically with the purple background behind you. Specifically, it looks like the LA Lakers are going uh, to have a game later today. A lot of people have been asking me, Mark, do you play for the LA Lakers? I said, no, it's just the effect that Oak and Stone clothing has on virtually anybody that wears their clothes is it makes you look like a professional athlete. What can I say? I was actually talking to Ricardo yesterday, and um, you know, I do a lot of these these funny promos and talk about how great the clothes are, um, and he likes that, and I like that too. But also, you know, we hear a lot from people who are like, "I bought the clothes," and a lot of people bought them. We had a nice promo in uh, for July uh, with an extra you know percentage off, and that was fantastic. So I saw a lot of people bought for the first time. And I get messages that are that are real that go, you know, people are surprised by the quality. So I know they look nice and everything, but I think once you feel the quality and the durability, you can just tell. It's a shirt that's going to last for a long time, right? So it's not some H&M, you know, $10 shirt that's going to fall apart after three washings. Uh, they're durable, but both, you know, it's like there's a durability but a breathability to it, right? Everybody's impressed. The customer service experience, people always seem like, oh, yeah, I had a problem. I didn't know how to apply the promo code. And... You know, I sent an email and then Ricardo called me back on the phone. Uh, it's a really cool thing and, and people like that because, you know, customer service is something that you don't always get from every company, but you do get it with Oak and Stone and also everybody who's ordered, you know, I haven't had one displeased uh, customer yet come to me and say, I used a promo code, bought something and I didn't actually like it. People like the clothes and in fact, they're sort of beyond, you know, they're impressed beyond what their expectations were. So, um, what I'm saying is check it out. And I'm even thinking, you know, maybe I'll just announce it here. I'm thinking about a promo for August. And I'm thinking, you know, with these uh, consultations that I've been giving out, perhaps if you buy an Oak and Stone shirt and send me 
the receipt for your order, just a screenshot of what you ordered, right? Send it to me. doesn't have to be, you know, 10 different items. Buy one thing. Buy one shirt. Send it to me, and I'm going to say it right here, right now. I will give you a 20-minute phone consultation to talk about whatever you want. Oh, my God. Right? Lifting, uh, diet, uh, workout splits. Uh, and we don't have to talk about where you don't have to, you know, talk about, you can just say, Mark, I just want to know where do you come up with these amazing ideas for skits at the gym? I'll, I'll talk, talk to you about that all day. And I, uh, you know, we'll stutter through the entire conversation so that 20 minutes will only be one sentence, but I've been thinking about it. I want to do that and want to give people who, who give me some value, some value back. So it's the least I can do to people who really do support me and, uh, you know, use promo code Hella. If you don't use a promo code, I don't, can I really give you the discount? I don't know. I'd like to, you know, I'd love to do it. I just can't. Okay. So use the promo code because oops, sorry. That's kind of where I draw the line. Got it. Oakenstoneclothing.com. Use code Hella for 10% off. And guess what? 20 minute phone consult that will be fulfilled by the latest end of September. Okay. Pinky swear. All right, let's get into some happy hippo herbals, some hella happy hippo herbals.com. <laughs> That's my new segment, okay? We're going to talk about kratom. Happy hippo herbals.com is the place where I get my kratom. It's the place where I get kratom in liquid form, in powder form, and pill form because, yes, I still use it as my favorite all natural nootropic substance. And in an industry where you can't always trust what you're ordering from because it's the wild, wild west. You have random manufacturers saying, yeah, this is Kratom. Yeah, it's pure. Yeah, it's good. Is it though? Happy Hippo Kratom though. I know and I trust and I use the quality that they deliver and I'm totally happy with it. So once you find a place like that, I just don't see a whole lot of utility in taking a risk elsewhere, right? I found this place. I love the quality. I love the delivery mechanisms they give me. And so I'm sticking with it. And I hope you do too. And I hope you get that 20% off for life on every order using promo code THICK. What I'm currently doing in our next Hella Chef Harley is a shake that I've invented all by myself with simple ingredients that are already in my house, right? We know I was eating protein pancakes for a while there. And the time has come where I've gotten sick of them. <laughs> I don't. I confess, I haven't been eating them. So this happens, right? This happens where you go, you're really hot. And like when you like something to eat, eat it every day. I don't think there's anything wrong with that because you can look forward to healthy foods. The protein pancakes were a healthy food that I was looking forward to. And also, the more you prepare something, you kind of get faster and better at doing it. It becomes mindless. You should do these things until it becomes mindless. But I found myself, even if that takes 20 minutes to prepare pancakes, it's like, oh, 20, 20 minutes is still 20 minutes, right? It's not five minutes when you're rushing out the door. So to mix batter and get like, you know, the batter, the protein, the bowl, oh, the bowl's dirty, you gotta clean it out, get the whisk, get the pan, get the spray, the pan, do, you know, and do a pancake one at a time and then sit down and eat it. That process, again, if I could just, you know, mainline that into my veins, I would, but then it also takes away the fun of eating pancakes in the morning. So um, I decided to swap it out with something a little bit quicker. Now, some of those basic ingredients are still there. What I have is the cake pop protein. It's a great base. This is why I really recommend this flavor. It's better than vanilla. Whatever they got going on there at PE Science, I don't work for them. I don't promote them, but the cake pop is a great base for this following recipe. 
you're going to do two scoops of cake pop, a bunch of ice, a tablespoon of peanut butter. Don't go nuts with it, but this is going to fill you up. We've got a little more fat because we're doing a little bit less carbs. Put in a banana, okay, and a drizzle of honey, and then a couple tablespoons each of hemp seeds and chia seeds. So what you have is a high protein, higher fat, but it's a healthy fat, polyunsaturated fats, a bunch of ice, and it just tastes really good. The banana, the peanut butter, mm, try it out. You're going to love it. It's fantastic. And that's something you can make, you know, at five minutes is very generous, right? It's very generous. It's going to take you most likely much less time and that will fill you up for hours. Again, I'm always thinking about like, if I get out the door, if I can just get this in my system right now, I'm going to make better choices later. That's another thing that diet was about to me is just going, if I can get this in my body now, I'm less likely to stop the McDonald's on the way in, right? Bubble guts. <laughs> no bubble guts this week. But, uh, you know, throughout the day, I just find if you can get in. Sometimes I'll just, like yesterday, I didn't have a chance to eat breakfast, and I just brought brown rice in, a brown rice cup. And just eating that, though, it's like at least you have something, and you're going to crave shittier carbohydrates much less. So do it, right? Um, even though I'm sort of violating my own principle of going, have protein at every meal. Sometimes it's not always possible. You didn't grab it on the way out. But you do that. You do the halfway. You get something is better than nothing. And you're setting yourself up for a success. What else do I have to say about this guy? He, I, I, the conversation, yeah, was just like, I'm going to encourage you to be creative. I'm going to encourage you to, to figure it out and not feel like, oh, I didn't, I tried keto and I didn't like it. Therefore, I failed, right? I tried this one food, this recipe. I didn't like it. I failed. Give yourself six months of experimentation to find out what you can actually stick to, and you're setting yourself up for long-term success. Get the deficit slight. See if you can lose a little bit of weight consistently over time as you get stronger, and that sets you up for long-term success. Because you do a crash diet, you know, you restrict yourself to 1,000 calories, it's just, it's never going to be the best option, right? Unless you literally have to, you know, try to make weight or something like that. Any UFC fighters in the audience? Thought not. What else do we have today? Okay, you know, I I went straight to the Hella Chef. I went to the Bro Science Academy. Let's take a, a b -b 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 back step to my first deep tissue massage. Luana and I went for a couple's massage for our anniversary on August 7th. Uh, we were massaged simultaneously by two Asian men. Now, I got to be honest here. I had a sort of uh, traumatizing experience the last time we did a couple's massage. Also uh, being massaged by a small Asian man. And I didn't know who this was, you know, I, this time I looked, I made sure to see who was massaging me because during the massage last time for Valentine's Day, let's say 2020, I noticed that during the massage, when my hand was being moved, you know, like from this position to that position, it seemingly, you know, brushed this guy's penis, like in a way where I'm like, did you mean to put my hand across your... That's standard. They right. all do that. That's normal. Yeah, if you're not touching penis, it's not a massage. Right. Right? As, as, no, I, I, you know, that is some people's philosophy. If, if you, if, uh, if the masseuse isn't using your hand to touch his penis, is it really a massage? Right. I don't know. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's what I was trying to it's say. An, it's an age old question, yeah. I think, that, uh, you know, confounds many of our nation's top philosophers to this day. <laughs> 
happens once, happens twice. And I'm, you know, like, it's funny to me. That's the thing I could say. <laughs> like, <laughs> I almost wanted to be more grossed out, but I'm like, the first, it's like, is this really happening? You know, am I being molested in a massage parlor right now? <laughs> kind um, of a reverse happy ending. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a sad ending. <laughs> I went to a massage parlor. I got the saddest ending I've ever had. Uh, because at the ending, I'm like, was I just taken advantage of by an Asian twink? <laughs> because I mean, literally, like it's happened. It's happened once, then happens twice, then like, then like maybe he's brushing me. Like, like there's all these little moments during a massage you forget where it's like turn over and then you're like pressing out the sheets or something. It's like did he just rub my dick again? You know. Um, but honestly, it was just funny because this kid couldn't weigh more than 120 pounds, and it's like good for him. You know. Yeah. I'm sure he's sexually frustrated, and can you blame him? I mean, this hunk of man meat walks in the massage parlor. How are you not touching his dick? Um, but so Juana actually going into this, she's like, are you okay to do this? I'm like, huh? She's like, are you sure you're not traumatized from last time? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> traumatized. This is a fantastic story. Uh, but I was going to be traumatized in a different way because I've never had a deep tissue massage before, but... Um, they gave me the choice this time. I said, you know, like you're filling out the little form or whatever. And it goes, you know, Thai, Swedish, deep tissue. And I said, oh, deep tissue. Like that sounds like something I could use right about now. So I opted for that as Luana was getting a Swedish massage next to me. Swedish massage is like relaxing and, you know, it's just more, it's lighter, I guess, right? You're using the hot rocks and stuff like that. I was over here doing my best not to scream out loud probably 30 different times uh, because it was one of, I have a pretty high pain threshold and this was just like objectively very painful. Um, turned out to be great, but like specific parts of your body, like if somebody's putting as much pressure as they can against your trapezius, rubbing it against your ribs, uh, your calf, have you ever had your calf like really rolled and stepped on? It was like, you know, but I'm, <laughs> I was doing like this, you know, in the, in the, into the, into the circular, uh, face pad, just going, <laughs> uh, I was, I don't know. I don't know. I like, I was trying not to be hurt because you kind of go, I want to be a man and not demonstrate how I'm feeling in this instance. But if it goes any harder, I'm going to have to scream and turn around and go, please stop, please stop. That was enough. I, you know, I thought I could do the deep tissue. Turns out. I'm a Swedish guy, so let's just, let's do a switcheroo, mid-massage, all right? But turned out great um, because something happened where, I have my own little theory of like, okay, he's pressing super hard against my trapezius. I have this numb area in the back of my uh, shoulder blade. It's all related. I have a broken rib back here. I have a fucked up shoulder. All this stuff where, you know, there's pain when I do this. What, you know, this also, like, this is part of my, uh, you know, your, your scapula moving. Somehow, <laughs> beating the shit out of my lower trapezius, loosened that up. It feels better. It opened up movement in this vector, right? Like, I can do, I can go farther back with this arm now. I have more feeling in my back. You know, it was literally, like, numb in certain places. I know you guys don't give a shit. I'm just saying, try out. First of all, try it out because you're going to see how painful it is if you haven't done it before. And then secondly, you know, maybe something gets opened up for you. Who knows? Maybe it's your heart. <laughs> okay. 
Today in Hella Psychedelics, I wanted to talk about Brian Callen's trip. <laughs> he came in uh, to the fighter and the kid on Monday talking about how he took six grams of mushrooms. Woo -woo. Now, a hero's dose is five. If you've ever taken mushrooms, you would know that an eighth is 3.5 grams. Or maybe you have taken mushrooms and you're not some sort of weight mathematician, so you don't know that 3.5 grams is an eighth. But I do, and I know the first time I ever took mushrooms, I did half an eighth, and that was pretty strong. That was enough for me to be super giggly, to feel like when I was separated from my group for a little bit, I'm like, oh no, I'm freaking out. I want to be with the guys that are doing mushrooms, not the drinking football players that are coming up to me like, what are you doing, bro? I remember my boys came up to me and they're like, what are you doing? And I admitted that I was on shrooms and they're like, oh my God, this is crazy. Don't ever do that to somebody on psychedelics. It's the wrong move, not the right move. And um, since then, I have done shrooms many times. I've had good experiences. I've had bad experiences. I've never done six grams. That's a lot. I don't know how many times Brian has done mushrooms before. I know he's done TMD. It almost sounded like he hadn't done them before. Like, But I know he's done DMT, but he was describing this experience as if um, it was the first time for him taking this particular substance. Casey, do you know anything about whether or not he's <laughs> taken it for the first time? Uh, I can't. I can't. Yeah. I don't have that level of intimate knowledge regarding yeah, Brian's you're not texting with Brian all the time about his uh, psychedelic use. I'm, I'm not. So let's assume, for the sake of this air shared, that he <laughs> <laughs> that he did in fact take shrooms for the first time. Six grams is a, a pretty intense dose, and even three grams. He described. Going to heaven, right? He described, I'm a genie in a bottle. You gotta rub. He said, I'm a genie in a bottle, right? And everything was good and pure and relaxing in your sort of, um, you know, no stress, right? One of the things that I brought up is the uh, psilocybin and LSD. They bear a similar resemblance to the serotonin molecule. So, uh, you know, it, it agonizes the serotonin receptor is, is one idea there. And I've always noticed that, yes, on the way up at least, the, one of the first things you notice, in addition to color saturation, is a sense of well-being. It's like, oh, I'm in a good mood. I described it as effervescence or um, like carbonation. It felt like if my brain's a lid, you pop the top and it's like something's sort of fizzing to the top, which is a pleasant feeling, right? And uh, maybe it's like alcohol, where on the ascending curve of that saturation, you're euphoric, you feel good, everything's great, but then, you know, it reaches a certain point where you're coming down, because for a lot of people, it can switch suddenly. So he took three, had a really positive, intense time, and then he took three. He's like, you know what? <laughs> this is so good, I'm going to double down. Six beers is great. Twelve must be awesome. Uh and I would describe that as probably like a similar thing. You know, it's like you haven't drunk before and it's like you're taking two or three drinks, you know, and then you're like, I know that's, let's do that again, right? Or from, you know, whatever it is, six is drunk. And it's like, I'm an amazing, perfect drunk. And then you take 12. Doubling something isn't always the best way to go about it. And he described going to hell, right? That it was like he felt like he was stuck in an eternity in a, um, you know, uh, he felt like, uh, you're in a purgatory of some sort like you can't get out of it like everything's going wrong and you're trapped and you're in pain and that is a real phenomenon for psychedelics you can suddenly feel like you know 
it's too much. I can't escape in the same way that positive feelings, thoughts, emotions are all streaming on the way up. Uh, negative thoughts and paranoid thinking can strike you on the way down. And it's not pleasant, but I do think you can reverse course, you know, especially when you have somebody around you. This way you do it with other people so they can talk you out of it. They can put on a pleasant song. They can remind you of where you are. They can ground you in time and space because that's sort of the antidote, you know, to going off to these crazy places is being like, you're here right now. It's a Thursday night. You're, um, you know, in your best friend's apartment, or in this case, he was doing like a ceremony with his friends and just being reminded that, that can bring you back to earth. I don't mean to scare anybody off who hasn't done it, but I feel like you should just use more responsibly, you know. If you take a dose and it's going good, resist the temptation to take twice as much, right? Or even before you take three grams, take one gram, right? That should do something to you and it should give you an indicator of, is this something that I ever want to do again, right? Is this something that I want to take two grams of? Um, and also just as far as frequency, it's like you don't need to be, you know, this isn't something that's going to be physically or psychologically addictive. And that's what I think is cool about psychedelics is um, you're never going to be like an addict fiending for mushrooms, right? Now, some people do do them every day. I've seen this before. They're called homeless losers. But, uh, you know, the, the effect of psychedelics wears off so quickly as far as building up a tolerance that it's not just a good long-term strategy, you know. So take it once a quarter. Take it every season. Thank me later. You're welcome. Oh, my God. Hater of the Week. I just wanted to do a quick summary. We haven't done Hater of the Week for a while. But this guy messaged me recently, and he was like, um, I get this frequent accusation that I'm using words that I don't understand, right? And now Casey knows this is true mm-hmm. because we have discussions after each podcast. He goes, look, I counted six words mm-hmm. that I know for a fact we're on your Google search history three minutes before the podcast. Yeah, and I'll quiz you. Yeah, he'll quiz me. I'm go, happy See? to quiz you. Right. It's like, I, you know, I, if you did know him, that'd be one thing. Yeah. But you were 0 for 6, buddy. <laughs> so I'll get accused of um, trying to sound smart, which is always an interesting thing because I feel like it immediately reveals, like, if you're telling me that I'm trying to sound smart, it's like, does listening to me make you feel dumb or something because I just, I can't personally think of using a word that I don't know how to use. And I try to just go, this is accurate, right? This is the most accurate word. And sometimes I'll use a word like juxtaposition because it sounds nice, right? You do have these favorite words as far as aesthetics go. But um, if I used a word and realized I didn't know what it was, I think I would call myself out because it'd be sort of embarrassing. I mean, like, it's much less embarrassing to call yourself out being like, I think that's what that word means, but I don't know than to be like, to ha- to actually have somebody call you out and go, you use this word in the wrong way and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, right? That would personally bother me a lot more. Now, to date, a lot of people have accused me of that or being a pseudo-intellectual. That's one uh, that I get accused of a lot in the comments, at least, or people message me. In this case, I challenge the guy I say, okay, like if that's your, um, you know, in your rant of a paragraph, if your accusation is I don't know how to use words or I'm using words to seem intelligent that I don't actually know the meaning of, name one. And he said 
you don't know the definition of pseudo-intellectual. And I'm like, oh, you, you're confused here because that's what other people have been accusing me of and I'm just repeating that. It's not something that I'm coming up with off the top of my head, you know. But I do know what pseudo-intellectual means and my definition of that would be something along the lines of somebody who is attempting to appear as an intellectual uh, by using esoteric language that's <laughs> I did it again. You don't know um, what else there <laughs> um, Eckhart Tolle comes to mind, or there's something like Deepak Chopra, where these guys are like, you know, the pure metaphysical vitality of the backwards notion of reverse cemetery antagonism. Like, like when you actually evaluate their sentences, there's a lot of use of like, metaphysically speaking, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, it's like, it's what a smart person seems like to a dumb person. That's kind of what I think of a pseudo-intellectual. Somebody who's attempting to confuse the reader almost, like just enough, like you understand the words or most of them, but then there's a vocab word in there. It's like, it's like in the attempt to sound like a genius, you're being fake deep and fake intellectual and using sentence, speaking in, in grammatically, potentially grammatically correct sentences, but ultimately meaningless sentences, right? So, you know, that you could map them out and go like, yes, this has a subject and a predicate and, you know, a transitive verb. But if you were to ask that person to describe their meaning in a simpler way, they couldn't do it because there is no meaning. So you can't repackage something in a more simple way to deliver the same meaning if it didn't have meaning in the first place. Get it? Uh, just off the top of my head. But it's something that... I think it's worth scrutinizing. If I was a legitimate pseudo-intellectual, come at me, bro. Come at me with your best attack on the fake intellectualism that I'm promoting. Because I don't even think I promote intellectualism. I'm not an intellectual. Um, but I do try to consume the work of intellectuals. And also, the milk of female intellectuals. I drink it on a daily basis, you see. This guy ends up, <laughs> we go back and forth, and I love in the process of this, it was like, you're, like he was using your incorrectly, like, you know, like you're a fake intellectual, like multiple times, um, but was spelling it like the possessive your. So I'm like, oh, it's, you know, you can't call somebody a student intellectual when you don't know how to use grammar. And this all ended with him claiming to be uh, a multimillionaire, which I think was an interesting response. If you're like, if you go on somebody's page and go, you're a fake intellectual, and you go, prove it, and you're like, I have $44 million from investing in oil and gas, and you're still paying at the pump. Little does he know that I drive a Prius. Oh, boom! Game over, bitch. But he also had professional grappler as his bio, and I did take the time to look up some of his grappling matches. He's a blue belt who's owned to, at least from what I found on YouTube. So there's that right? The claim that you're a professional grappler has about as much veracity as the claim that you have $44 million, but are still taking the time out of your day to call me a pseudo-intellectual on Instagram. Hey, you know, use some of that $44 million and hire somebody to teach you the difference between your and you are. Got it? Cool? Awesome? Great. This is why we can't have nice gyms, okay? This is why we just can't have them. Oh my God. Uh, this is spooky. It's the dreaded ghost elliptical. 
Ghost Hunters, where are you when we need you? Nobody can explain this, all right? Go ahead and try. How is this elliptical moving by itself? Oh, there's wind, Mark. No, there isn't. Look at the trees in the background, okay? Yes, I'm an investigative journalist. Yes, I'm a detective. Yes, I'm an outdoor gym detective. Hey, ghosts need to work on their cardio, no, that's too. That's the thing. Yeah, it's like, dude, we're, we're entering a whole new era where it's like, sure, you may have been a fat ghost, but you can always change that. Oh, everybody's saying John Cena. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we solved it. John Cena's on the elliptical, boys. All right, what's this next one? This is why we can't have nice golf courses. Oh, you know My I My son this bet one. me I couldn't hit it over the fence. Ooh. <laughs> Do we have so many volume on that? I think he says something there. Okay, Casey, how would you rate his swing, though? Let's see. Well, the problem is it's so muddy, so he can't plant his feet. Yeah, and excuses, it, excuses. It's actually good that he slipped here because that's showing that he's – engaging the ground forces which you need to do to generate velocity and right. speed. There we so go. If if this was like a sand shot where you don't want to use your your the ground or your feet, it's kind of more just upper body and arms. Uh, that's okay, but the fact that he's engaging with the ground here is a good sign. Now let's keep going. Right. Okay, he's coming in super steep. His feet are going in the right direction. Um but that's too slippy. You got to under and the ball's teed up. So this is the T. So there's yeah. a couple things here. <laughs> This tee is in terrible condition. The tee should be the most, aside from the green, the most pristine part of oh, the course. I mean, it's where sense. you want tee off. So this tee is garbage. This course, I'm guessing, is garbage. Um, but don't tee off there if it's muddy. You got where you deserve. Now, is he saying four or just <laughs> <laughs> Was that one of those, like, you knock the wind out of yourself and all you can do is go, How embarrassing is that? Because that's happened to me so many times. You knock the wind out of yourself. And I remember this dude punched me in the stomach when I was in like elementary school and I was trying to talk shit back to him. He just punched me out of the stomach out of nowhere. He's like a sixth grader and I'm a third grader and he hits me in the stomach for no reason. And I'm trying to talk shit back and I'm like, Aah! and he's like, ah, he can't breathe. <laughs> you know, was he black? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Hence the, <laughs> this motherfucker. Yo, check it out. Um, this is. <laughs> This is why we can't have nice beaches. This guy is 300 pounds and etched a six-pack into his stomach hair. we got to give it up because obviously this guy's doing it as a joke. But, like, to do that and just show up to the beach and just rock that. And then also, he's going to get that tan, too. He's going to have those Liver King block abs. Red, puffy, swollen. But, honestly, then you shave the rest of that off. It's like, you, know, you might fool some people with terrible vision. What do we got next here? How about a, ooh, she getting ready for the party tonight. Look at that. Now, what I like about this is it's kind of total BS. First of all, this woman looks in shape who's bouncing her ass. Like, she already looks like she has a nice ass. But this also looks like, first of all, if you do that enough, it probably does work. She's got a barbell on her back. She's bouncing up and down like she's riding some D on that Swiss ball. If you do that enough, you probably would get a burn, right? But it just looks utterly ridiculous. And also, what are you doing, right? Well, why don't you just do the normal thing? Why don't you just do it without it there, right? Why don't you use no momentum? It's another one of these things that it looks like something you'd see at an LA Fitness or uh, Planet Fitness or something like that, where it's like, it's, oh, it's almost, but who taught you that, right? Who put that idea into your head that that's the best way to build your butt cheeks? Because I think you just made it up because you're mentally ill. What do we have next? This is why we can't have nice soccer games. Oh, he hits the kid once. He hits another kid. And then, oh, he, he, he went for the hat trick of destroying small children's faces. 
I mean, what are the odds? You know, you think about this and you go like, what are the odds that somebody's filming this terrible game of soccer? Because if I'm a parent, I'm going, I'm not filming any of this. This is not a game, right? Casey, this is the hardest you've ever laughed at a video. But I had the same thing earlier. Like when I found this, I really cracked up uh, longer, you know, and I don't feel bad because like, okay, they're all fine. It's yeah, just like fine. the... Three in a row. This has old school America's Funny Song videos. It does, vibes. right? Because yeah. it's like innocent. Nobody's really getting that hurt. Yeah. But it's like just the, what are the odds? You know, like, <laughs> you know, do you know about the like statistics of, uh, you know, you flip a coin. People go, what's what's going to be um, the chances of you flipping a coin on the third? You know, you do one, two, three. If you, if you flip a, co a coin and it hits heads once, then hits heads twice. The third time, it still has 50-50 odds for heads and tails. But if you looked at it cumulatively, like the, um, what is it called in betting? Oh, the, the parlay, right? What's the parlay on that third, you know? Then it's like 0.5 times 0.5 times 0.5. Um, this is like that, right? The odds are multiplying uh, to reduce the chance uh, to a smaller and smaller percentage. You're taking the fun out of it, Mark. I know, I These really am. Guys, I'm, okay. awesome. These are astronomical odds is what I'm saying. There's a reason that we haven't seen this before ever in life. Three kids getting kicked hard in the face because they all like whiplash back. It's not like it's like just bounced off your head at low speeds. Like he, that kid can kick is yeah. the thing. Yeah. Like he has good, I wonder if he's really good. And maybe he is doing it on purpose. Slap. You know, who's, who gets it the hardest? Boom. <laughs> the last kid because he was falling forward. Uh, you know, they all, they all bust their face and then they run into each other. But that kid is like rushing forward and almost stumbling. And then it's like, boom, and he whiplashes his head all the way back. And that's one of the best clips I think we've ever seen. And this is why we can't have nice skate parks. I want your read on this, Casey. Because I was kind of astounded. I'm like, who is the person doing this? The kid goes up for a backflip on like this cement half pipe thing. And somebody blasts him with like a, a glitter gun midair. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, rollerbladers travel with glitter guns. <laughs> I had to get out in front of that one. You're not doing. <laughs> I had to get out in front that of that. That was one. good. That was really good. Uh, but he like, just, just who don't... brings that to a skate park? And then who's like, I know when he's upside down and his neck is exposed to the cement, I'm gonna blast him in the face. I think he over rotated it more so than the glitter gun. Okay, you're not wrong, but I wonder if you could correct it. You know, I, and I guess even just looking at it going. Like, yeah, he probably, right? But now, would he have turned back around at that last second? Did it disrupt him? No, I think he looks skilled enough that uh, he's probably used to glitter guns. He's been rolling <laughs> long enough. Got to get out in front of this one. Like, Mark, actually, this I know the guy. He was part yeah. of the whole prank. <laughs> it was totally his fault. He got up and said, look, I wanted him to shoot the glitter in my face when I'm doing a backflip. And, uh, you know, being a quadriplegic yeah. is honestly not as bad as I thought it would be. Um, but again, who, <laughs> did you ever people like that where it's like, hey, dude, don't prank me while I'm like jumping off of, you know, the, the stairs or something uh, <laughs> when I'm about to, you know, do a cliff dive into like, uh, you know, craggy yeah. rocks here. And you're yeah. like, you know, push me or something. Yeah. Not, not cool. Not fun. Not cool. So the, the caption for this one is bro is playing chess. We're playing checkers. I couldn't agree more. He goes up to this girl. She's on uh, the rower here, and he goes, can I work in? Now, if you agree to that, what does that mean? Not like you're going to take turns on reps because this is a steady-state cardio exercise. So he hops on behind her. And all of a sudden, we're witnessing a romantic moment. Now they're dating, so there's a happy ending, right? Could have gone either way. Could have gone like, whoa, we're calling the cops. This is a Me Too thing. But turns out, it went to the romance side, right? It was a romantic comedy, not a tragedy.
here's just a good old-fashioned gym fail, right? She's trying to do cable crunches, and the cord just snapped. And sometimes you just have shitty pieces of equipment at the gym. But also, this is why you don't do cable crunches, huh? Maybe pick a better exercise. Because I hate those. I don't think they're good. I think you can do it on an app machine. Don't do that. That's a lesson to you. And uh, you were taught that by a 120-pound girl who smacked her face on the ground. This is, <laughs> this is why we can't have nice slides. Look at this dude. So this is already a gigantic slide at Frenzy Holy Water Park. Shit. This is a 300-pound, 65-year-old man jumping from, I would assume, like 10 feet on top of the slide. And he gets so much air, you can see him squirming in the air, right? It's just like not like that's dangerous per se, except if he smacks his belly on the ground. But it's like just, you know, that sensation of like you're so up and like you're like, whoa, this was way more than I expected. And he's flailing in the air to try to find his balance. I kind of want to go to that water park now. Same. Am I going to jump off that thing? No, because I feel like, what if you broke your leg jumping into it? What if you like caught your ankle and it's like you're like sliding down for those three seconds with your uh, limbs, you know, your leg flailing all about, and then you get launched up in the air. You're like, my leg is broken. <laughs> Sorry. I was just, just be sad, right? Just but kind of cool. Like, what if you could just see, like, you know, it's like a McGregor leg flop injury, and it's just like, Ooh. Did you have Different video, different podcast, you know. It's not the tone we're going for. And I titled this one, this is why we can't have a nicer gym across the street because our friend It's Dream Swirl, I think is his IG name. Amazing lifter, terrible IG handle. He is carrying what looks to be six plates across the street, just walking, walking, walking. 585 pounds is so heavy. I can't express that to you enough. Even when I put on three plates, I'm always like 225 feels like not that much. And then once I go up to 300, I'm like, yep, that's still 300 pounds compressing my spine. So 585 pounds I've never had on my back, but I wouldn't recommend this because even at that weight, even just locking out your knees can be tough. But goddamn, that guy is a freak of nature. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this guy's doing a bunch of weight in a deadlift and just collapses. Like we, lo- we love deadlifts collapse videos. And the guy behind him just couldn't be less phased. And gets up and smacks his hand. Like he just knew everything was going to be all right. Could you say this was staged? I feel like, right? It's a little too natural. And you do snap out of it. So what do we think about that case? I think think it's real. Yeah, it does have the, the, uh, because also like the security cam footage. Like I feel like people don't go like, hey, can I get the security cam footage for this prank that I just pulled? But if he had had braced himself at all on the fall, I'd say fake. But uh, yeah. He, right, that's always the thing. It's very yeah, hard to do a, yeah. a truly fake fall. Yeah, he's out. Like I was saying, and even with that, that sketch we did the other day with the uh, yeah. thick boy stuff, just falling to my knees without bracing myself, it's like, God damn, that hurts my head. Yeah, you know? it's just counterintuitive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's almost... And then what do you think about the guy not helping him? I like, I like it. <laughs> you know why? Because he's like, I've seen this before. You're not dead. Yeah. Wake up. I'll I'm be, not going to freak out. I fine. like that energy. Very masculine. <laughs> So this is what happens when you take creatine. This is true, okay? So I know I should know the name of this old professional wrestler, but he throws, I've seen this clip before, he throws the ball all the way up in the air and then waits like two seconds. He's like, I'm so cocky about how fast I am. And even though he's running in slow-mo, we can tell he's not that fast at all, but he throws it all the way up in the air, runs across the football field, gets under it. But who knows, maybe maybe his... uh, 
calculation of the trajectory of the football was so good that he was able to pull this off in real life. I don't know. Haters will say it's it's Photoshop. Haters will say it's special effects. It's taking forever. Yeah, it's just like uh, wow, dude. But uh, my so friend. So when you take creatine, you just no. What they're saying is that you make boring videos. This is what happens when you take creatine. A lot of people underestimate the power of creatine. And people ask me, Mark, does creatine work? I say, let me show you a little video. Okay. A lot of people have heard of the Bang Bus. This is actually the Buff Bus, and here we have a guy. No excuses. All right. He's doing rear delt work on the bus with a seatbelt. Okay. He's doing rear delt extensions. Um, before I think he was doing like a lat pulling exercise, we had a pullover and that just, there we go. Yep. See, it's sort of like a bent over pullover type thing with a tricep kickback at the end. What I'm saying is this guy's on the bus, obviously semi-homeless, yet he's getting in a full body workout at just one station, right? He has a seatbelt with a little bit of resistance on a public bus and he's not making any excuses. So I'm going to challenge you guys. We're saying, oh, Mark, I can't go to the gym because I don't uh, have the money to go to the gym or buy any home equipment, and I just don't have any time because I'm so busy coming to and from work, and I work a manual labor job, and oh, my God, uh, my entire family died, and it's just me, and do you have any money? Here's my cash up. If that's you, if that's you in my DMs complaining about the lack of time and resources that you have to work out, look at the buff bus guy, okay? He's got nothing in life, and yet he's on the bus making no excuses. He's the ultimate alpha. You want to think Andrew Tate is an alpha male because of what he's done the past few months on Instagram? This guy, okay? Not not three-time world kickboxing champion Andrew Tate. This guy on the buff bus, okay? Uh, Seatbelt Sammy, I'm going to call him. He's the alpha male. You want to be like him. You want to make no excuses. You want to be getting jacked anywhere and everywhere even if it's on a public transportation automobile. Got it? Get it? Good. I'm out.